Hello and welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Reboot Season 2, Episode 7, Duct Tape and Jack. Or Duct Tape Plus Jack. Whatever you prefer. The original air date for this episode was November 10th, 2017. It was directed by Gabriel uh, Berenstain. Berenstain. Not, uh, not to be confused with the Berenstain Bears. Yeah, and I'm, I was pretty sure this guy's name was Berenstain. I thought it was Berenstain for no, some reason. Oh no, yeah, no, it was totally. It's Berenstain. Berenstain. Has yeah. it been Berenstain the whole time? The whole time. This whole hour. You just no one ever since paid I first looked him it. up. <laughs> wow, it's um, like it's another dimension or something. <laughs> uh, he he is um, usually a director of photography or a cinematographer, depending on his credit. For this show. Um, for this show. And uh, he also does films. He did the uh, David Mamet uh, Spanish Prisoner and the uh, movie SWAT. Oh, okay. Which is based on another TV show. Yeah, which is... And it's currently being being rebooted rebooted, for CBS. Actually, my buddy's writing for it, the one that used to write for Justified. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Um, And this episode was written by Brian Durkin. Yeah. So, shout out to the Dirks. Yeah, he is a... Heavy hitter in the writing of MacGyver episodes. Yeah, he's got a couple under his belt for the reboot series. Um, Why don't we describe this episode in brief? Well, in this episode, there is political turmoil in Ecuador. A political leader is trying to rise up against the opposition of a military coup. And the team is set in to keep that leader alive for the free election. What is the episode with the where Pete gets shot at the beginning and he's with the nun and they're trying to escape from Central America? Is that... Wing and a prayer, or uh, no, it's something else. No, it's not wing and a prayer. Uh, something road, not two for the road. No, the road. No, yeah, you're you're thinking of the road less traveled. Yeah, or the road not taken. But I I actually am thinking of I think it's called the wing and a prayer, where um. Well, because there are two episodes. They, of they pose as arms dealers. No, it's, it's not the it's road not, not taken. It's right? not Sister Marker. is not the one I'm talking about. The nun orphans need escape? That's not the one I'm talking about. Okay, that's the road not taken. That was the one I was Look talking about. Look up Wing and a Prayer. That's the one. That the one where they do the jet assisted takeoff. Okay, yeah, that's Wing and a Prayer. Oh, okay. That's correct. That's, what, that's what this reminded me of when there's like a revolution that's trying to take on like the dictatorship. Yeah, and they got the, the, the one who's pursuing them and she refuses to shoot them. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so... That reminded me of this, or this reminded me of that, I should say. That yeah. didn't remind me of this because this didn't exist yet when we watched yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I see what you're talking about. Yeah. So where do we start the episode? Uh, we start this episode up in a tree. Uh, right. MacGyver and Jack are hanging from parachutes. Now, uh, are these MacGyverism parachutes? Because they um, don't just look like regular parachutes. Yeah, they I, because it, it's like cargo netting. And, and MacGyver quickly explains, because Jack says, I thought you said you had a plan. And he said, yeah, surviving the fall was my plan. Implying <laughs> that somehow he had to put a plan together for them to survive that wasn't just pull yeah. this cord. So I think he made a parachute on the way down. Right. Uh, well, I think, they, well, they talk about being on a plane first. Right. So they made a parachute on the plane and then jumped out. Or they made a parachute out of things that were falling with them with from them the plane. From the plane. Plenty of time. Which is how my MacGyver episode was going to start. <laughs> that he falls out of a plane and then has to like literally build a parachute from stuff that's falling with him. That's not a bad idea. 
that's my cold open, so don't take it. All right. For your spec. Well, a lot of a lot of stuff that was in my spec actually ends up in this episode. Oh, really? I was like, what? What are the chances of that? They're hacking my computer to get story ideas. Painting of Telly Savalas, that's incredible. Uncanny. <laughs> I said, who loves you, baby? <laughs> you know, because Kojak. Your whole episode revolves around a stolen painting of Telly Savalas. <laughs> and Jack's got lollipops in his mouth the whole time. Oh, my gosh. Kind uh, of in a cage. <laughs> Uh, so Jack makes a, a joke about all these trees that are, they're stuck in, uh, remind him of the forest moon of Endor. And he's worried about the Ewoks popping up to, to cook them alive. Which is funny because suddenly he's like a star Wars scholar. Yeah. And at the beginning of that other episode, he's like, couldn't remember any of the characters names. Right. But he did, he was impressed that MacGyver made a lightsaber. Yeah. Um, Jack brings up a point that he thinks that, uh, Han, Chewie and Luke were on those stakes and they were building a fire to cook them. I tend to agree. MacGyver disagreed. MacGyver says they're just being sacrificed to yeah, see three people. I'm pretty. I feel like they were going to be eaten. They probably were. I. I. Because, as Jack says, a sacrifice. If you're burning someone at the stake and they're not your species, you're probably going to eat them afterwards. Yeah. Uh. So, apparently, some bad guys arrive. Somehow, they were able to find where they let crash. Yeah. Landed. Um. And they knew enough to bring a chainsaw. Or maybe they just were planning to chop up their yeah. bodies, yeah, which is the... pretty dark. That's like the uh, the the drug that Pete Bankman carried with him on the date. Yeah, he's like, I just hit her up with about what is it like 500 like cc's of Thorazine. It's like, why did you bring that on your date night? Uh, yeah, so they just ended up having a chainsaw and they were going to cut down the tree, um, but instead, MacGyver just cut some of the rope. And they swing away. Then they just float away like (laughs) flying squirrels. It doesn't make any sense. They drift completely out of the tree that the ropes are supposed to be hanging from. Um, If anyone like is also can remember the scene in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom when he swings across the entire mine shaft cave, when he just like, oh no, no, you know what? He 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 whips a rope and pulley on that one. So uh, okay, that one flies. Um, Literally. More like in uh, Crystal Skull then. When he hits the light fixture and he swings right. all the way across the warehouse. Yeah, he's like following a truck yeah. that's going down for like 10 seconds. It's like, no, that's not how, this arc doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they just swing away. But that's also the end of the opening, the cold open. Yeah. I don't like these cold opens where... You I want to have an episode where they fall out of a plane and they're literally like inches from the ground and that's the end of the cold open. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't even explain it. That's how my cold open's going to go now. He's like, okay. oh, I couldn't finish building the parachute. Looks like we're all going to die. Thank, thank and they goodness. just cut to them eating sandwiches with a robot. <laughs> thank, thank God I was able to land in that bog. What bog? Was there, was there a bog? I don't remember. Anyway. Uh, we cut to back in L.A., City of Heroes, apparently, now. Yeah. Um. And everyone's on their way to Jack's apartment, and they're making fun of him on the way there because they think his decor is going to be all leather or. And they're climbing stuff. up the. It looks like a fire escape to get to his apartment. It, I thought it was a fire escape too, but it actually looks it's, like more. It is a stairwell, but yeah, it just looks like a fire escape. Because when they get to the entrance of the of the building, it's like a normal entrance. Yeah. I just I don't know why they're. I'm sure there's an elevator somewhere. But, yeah. Um, it's just a lot of stairs. Uh, so they're going to watch a bunch of Bruce Willis movies at his house. Yeah, Bruce Willis is on the uh, on the docket for tonight. But when they get there, they find out that uh, Jack has been robbed. Right. And uh, you looked up the 
apartment number, which was 318. Yeah, I thought this was going to be like a reference because we missed the reference to the first Murdoch episode when he was was it 218 mm-hmm. when when they were they called him like prisoner 218 and it was a reference to season two episode 18 which was partners the number episode yeah and uh and so when i saw 318 i was like oh that's definitely a reference and then i looked it up and it was cradle will rock or whatever that episode's called right but that was and that was a jack episode. yeah and it was a jack episode it's, it's but about, they're all jack episodes in this right series. but the original series was not always but it was the episode where jack gets the baby jack jr mm-hmm um, who I guess isn't actually Jack Jr. because his dad was Carlo or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I thought that suddenly they were going to find a baby in this apartment. But that's not what happens. No. Uh, instead, Jack's been robbed. and uh, But the police seem more concerned about his arsenal that was not stolen. Right. And uh, apparently his he left his neighbor in charge of, like, checking on his apartment. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said that her son thought he heard some sounds the night before, but that... She'd been checking in as often as she could, and yeah. then when she came back, everything was broken into, so she called the police. Yeah, and when they mention the kid, it pans over to him, and he has, like, a shady, like, yeah. oh, oh, oh. What? Oh, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> but then uh, then the cop's like, why don't you come with me for a second, Mr. Dalton? Why don't you explain the samurai sword Yeah. and this two-handed broadsword? Who, who asks to explain a samurai sword? Is that like another? A, a, yeah, there, it's not. You need like very specific certification to take it out of Japan. Really? Yeah. Is that true? Yes. Oh wow! It actually is. I don't know about broadswords. Because and if not, that's a big deal. I feel like I would have started with the sniper rifle in the closet. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's but, definitely not. But licensed. don't they sell like katanas at like stores in Japan? No, like here, like a gun. Here, like, yeah, like, but but specifically importing them from Japan. Oh, okay. Okay. I got you. I got you. But he probably did it on a private plane. It's not like he did it on an airliner. Right. He didn't go through customs, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but the most important thing that's missing is a cigar Telly box. Savalas painting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's also a te- Telly Savalas painting that was stolen. And uh, the television. Uh, and, the, and the, yeah, the brand new TV in which they left the Both remote. of his tellies are gone. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the end of the show. <laughs> But yeah, he's uh, he seems particularly upset about this missing cigar box. Yeah, um, but guess what happens next? Yay! Maddie calls, and it's time Ding. for them. <laughs> the requisite hey. Maddie call in scene one after the cold open. Yeah, uh, she reveals the plot of today's episode that the president of Ecuador stepped down amid. Uh, some kind of scandal. Yes. Um, and so the military decided to take over. Very topical uh, because that's kind of what's going on in Zimbabwe, except in that the president was arrested um, and the military took over. Yes. Um, they're being sent in uh, to protect a local leader who, who has the backing of the people right. and defends the, the name of democracy in the right. country. He wants people to continue voting for their leader. Right. And uh, this seems like all like uh, like weird like '60s '70s uh, commie fighting kind of stuff. Like, no, we're gonna send a team in there to protect democracy. Yeah, we have uh, to install democracy in the yeah. country. So uh, yeah, th- this guy's—they're gonna have an election for a new president, and this guy's the leader. Gonna be uh, uh, Hector—is it Hector? Hector Leon, right? Yeah, Hector Leon. He is the number one choice. And so the military 
commander, uh, Zarate, wants him dead. Right. But there's another thing. <laughs> Leon yeah. also needs a heart transplant. Oh, no. Uh, and he's also late for school. <laughs> so they have a... The, I think that was the only reason to give a ticking clock. Yeah. Was, we need a ticking clock. How about he's been poisoned? No, no, that's no, not no, good no, enough. Not. How about he needs an organ transplant? Perfect. Uh, yeah, so they got to get him a heart first, then get him to a protected hospital. There's a lot they have to do just to get this guy elected. Yeah. So step one, kill somebody and carve a heart out of their chest. Yeah. Uh, Jack actually makes a joke somewhere along those lines, and Maddie says... I'm frightened to think of what it would happen if I told you to find me a heart. <laughs> um, so the team splits up into two groups. Riley and Cage are going in to... Uh, drive around. Yeah, to basically Just to drive, drive around. drive around in circles. They're going to get Hector Leon. Um, and Jack and Mac are to retrieve the heart from Columbia and drive it across the border. And throw it into the into ocean. It. Like that old lady at the end of Titanic. (laughs) I saw a really great comic of it's Jack and Rose and like, you know, like Rose is like putting Leo's body into the water. Spoiler alert, saying I'll never let go. And it cuts to a, the next panel is a skeleton at the bottom of the ocean. And the panel after that is the skeleton within a heart thing bounces up his skull. (laughs) It just cracks his jaw off. (laughs) I was like, oh, it's pretty dark. (laughs) Uh, so uh, in Colombia, while they're driving Mac and Jack have a heart to heart talking about fathers oh yeah sorry there's gonna be a lot of heart puns yeah they're talking about Jack's father this time but MacGyver makes a point to point out his watch he actually literally holds it up in front of the camera and taps it yeah just to keep people reminding us look at the watch folks the watch the watch keep your eyes on the watch if this watch watch, doesn't open up like a national treasure kind of like secret wall where you have to put the watch in this better be the eye of Agamotto or whatever (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean this is better be a pretty amazing thing it's like a hypnotist how often they tell us to look at this watch yeah um apparently Andrea told me on Twitter that uh, Bruce McGill is going to be making a guest appearance on the show. Oh. And the obvious choice would have been to have him be Jack's dad. Right, right. But that's not going to be the case. He's going to be some other random yeah, character. Well, that's fair. And before any of you tells me that Jack's dad on the show is dead, need I remind you how many times Jack Dalton was quote-unquote dead on the original series? Yeah. I can think of at least four times. <laughs> um, uh, this is where we reveal what's in the cigar box that uh, Jack is so upset about is that it's his father's dog tags. Right. Um, he said that he gave them to me before he died. It's like, well, that's not how dog tags work. Yeah. You, you take one after they die. <laughs> he gave them to me before he died. They weren't able to identify the body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You are killing it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, they get to the hospital where the heart transplant's waiting. Um, and the I mean, doctor who's going to be doing the yeah, surgery the is waiting outside. Yeah, with she's, the just, she's just standing outside like she's waiting for an Uber. Yeah. Um, she's got a, like a metal case with a LCD screen on it that has a readout of the heart. Yeah, it's telling her the, the heart rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, 
doctor, and the doctor is Dr. Alejandra Rosa, played by Daniela Alonso. Doing some my best to try to. That was ex- beautiful. Yeah, it's doing working all right. It's better than uh, Cage O'Reilly can muster up in this episode <laughs> <laughs> in terms of pronunciation. Um, uh, she's got a lot of film and TV uh, roles, including uh, Wrong Turn Two, Ooh. The Hills Have Eyes Two, right, and Paul Blart Two. Two. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. She's in a lot of sequels. I thought. I thought that was funny. Sequels with weird-looking people. <laughs> no offense, Kevin. <laughs> Not the hills have eyes, people. No. <laughs> go right to Kevin James. Uh, do not pass go. Uh, so they're making their way now to the Ecuadorian border, and there's a moment uh, where we learn a little bit about uh, Dr. Rosa's past, where her brother was a protester against uh, Zarate. And, uh, then was, he got deadified. Yeah, he got deadified, mysteriously died. And was declared to be an accident. So she's got personal stake. See, now, if you want to send a message when you're killing a protester, don't say it was an accident. Yeah. Because otherwise your message is getting erased. <laughs> Just say, yeah, we killed him. We killed him. Don't em. protest. Stop it. Uh, this is my guide to quelling protests in your <laughs> dictatorship. Um, Kill people indiscriminately and, and be upfront about it. We have a beeline story that comes into play now with Bozer where he is with the robot getting sass from the robot while he's making masks for another mission that's unrelated right. to what's going on. When Maddie is delineating what everybody's supposed to do, he's like, wait, you forgot to give me a job. And she's like, well, I have, there are other agents here, believe it or not, and some of them need masks for a mission for yeah. once. So you're going to stay here and do that. And so he's sits in the lab for a second watching masks dry, mm-hmm. talking to his robot. Uh, and this is where uh, Jill comes in. Yeah, Jill. Lil, Lil Jill Morgan. Yeah. Uh, she's becoming more and more of a major player, so she's moved up to forensic tech mission. Right. Um, even though she also does like computer hacking stuff on the side. And, right. Uh, also apparently married to one of the writers slash executive mm-hmm. producer of the series. Uh, we've talked about her before. I mean, she had her like our own like couple. Like, she was shows she was in last stuff. season too. She was yeah. she was, she played a major part of the the finale. Yeah, uh, but that's when she was credited as Lil Morgan. Right. Uh, so she's telling Bozer that she wasn't able to find any of the stuff for sale or coming up in in like online stores or anything like that. So yeah. whoever had the stuff, they're either smuggling it out or not selling it. So. Bozer comes up with a plan to have her come with him to Jack's apartment to forensics the scene. I thought at first he was making her sit and watch the masks dry. That's what I thought was happening, And then suddenly too. she's with him at yeah. the apartment. I mean, I, I got the impression that the conversation was He's going like, hey, like, you know what I just realized? You could watch these masks dry for me. Yeah. Anyway, let's go. But I think he's actually leaving the robot in charge of watching the yeah, masks. Yeah, the robot's in charge. And there's no, like, through line of that either of, like, the robot messed up or yeah. the robot ends up on a mission or wearing a mask. I mean, yeah, he just gets sent to, like, another country wearing a mask. Yeah. But he still, like, looks like Sonny the robot from iRobot from the neck down. I think I think that would have been a great opportunity to have, like, the robot become a reoccurring character like the Kimmy Schmidt robot. Yeah. <laughs> That's just always, like, randomly doing stuff in the background of an episode. <laughs> uh, no, they couldn't do that. No. But... Uh, Riley and Cage have now arrived at Hector Leon's safe house, 
But lo and behold, he had a heart attack because his heart's failing. And he's being taken down to an ambulance out in front. Right. And the ambulance positively ident- identified him as Hector Leon and called it out over the radio, which means Zarate is sending his men there to kill him. Right. So they have to figure out a way to get Leon uh, to safety. Meanwhile, MacGyver is trying to smuggle the heart in a crate, and uh, as they reach the border, uh, they Suddenly are, they have a lot of guns pointed at them. Yeah, they, they, they get stopped at the border and start getting uh, the entire vehicle searched. Uh, while Riley and Cage are pursuing the ambulance, Riley is attempting to... Hack the Bluetooth of the ambulance so she can take it over remotely. So she can control the vehicle. Like she did from the trunk of a vehicle a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, First of all, let me give you an idea of how Bluetooth technology works. I call my wife in my car. My phone connects to my car so I can speak to her. And it drops out every 30 seconds because Bluetooth technology is awful. (laughs) It's not reliable at all and it's not connected to the mainframe that controls the steering of your car (sighs) but instead of trying to get the ambulance she decides to hack the traffic signal system and create a traffic jam which the ambulance detours around and forces cage to head-on collision yeah she threatens them in a game of chicken and they slam on their brakes because they're not obviously they're not in the business of murdering themselves or other people yeah they're not stupid and so riley and cage jump out and point guns in their faces to basically uh whatchamacallit when uh, they're commandeering yeah commandeer the ambulance and also steal the president uh the nominee i will never not think of that scene from so I married an axe murderer when I hear the word commandeer. When um, Charles Grodin's in the car, and he's like, I need to commandeer your vehicle. And he's like, no. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like, no, I, it's official police business. No. <laughs> just like, won't give him the car. <laughs> I miss Charles Grodin. What happened to him? He's still alive, right? Wasn't he in Louis? Was he? He? Played, he played a doctor in a couple episodes of Louis, wasn't he? Oh, well... Not anymore. I mean, for Louis. <laughs> yeah, that show's probably done for a while. Uh, I guess he's still around. He's going to be in a movie, The Private Life of Modern Women, or he was already in a movie. James. Oh, no, but it's directed by James Toback. Who's James Toback? Isn't that the guy who's also being investigated for No, you're thinking stuff? of Jeffrey Tambor. No, no, I think James Toback is also. Is he really? Man, all of them. What's wrong with you guys? Yeah, yeah, James Tobak. <laughs> so, oh, geez, so maybe that's not happening either. So Charles Grodin went from Louis and... Uh, Sorry, like, Grodin, we wish you luck. From from what we know, you, you're you untainted by this yeah. whole oh, wave of ugliness. So, um... Although I did hear that he called a, a co-star a bitch on set, but he was talking about Beethoven, the dog. Oh. So, and the, the girl dog that the, they eventually get. Is Beethoven not a girl? No, I don't think Beethoven's a girl. I don't even remember. I think they get another dog, but I don't know if he's in those movies at that point. At that point. Oh, by the time they get a girl, yeah, yeah. he was only in the first what two? I think so. I think yeah. it went Groden, Groden, Reinhold, Reinhold, <laughs> and then uh, what's his name that played uh, Inspector Gadget in the sequel, French Stewart, maybe. Mm. I don't remember. Bonnie Hunt was in the first movie. Was well, she? Yeah, 
she was the mom. I love Bunny Hunt. I don't think the first one was bad. I don't remember a frame of it other than him running across the yeah. dinner table. Uh, that might even be the cover box that I'm thinking of. Yeah. So the Border Patrol is searching MacGyver, <laughs> Jack, and Cage's truck. <laughs> why were we talking about Beethoven? <laughs> anyway, anyway, why. the Border Patrol. Um, um, and they decided that they're going to let them go. But they're going to take all their cool stuff. Yeah, they're going to take I don't take think they stuff. noticed that they have a heart. No, they just decided to take some stuff. Like, yeah. it's like a tax. Like, yeah. we're going to take 10% of your stuff yeah. and the rest of you can keep. It's a heart and a tax. A heart attack. Heart attacks. That's not as good. No, not really. Uh, so MacGyver, uh, they load the heart onto one of two identical trucks. Right. And drive off. So MacGyver has to bring up a distraction. Uh, so he just basically throws chili powder in some water. Yeah. And it explodes. What is the logic of them splitting up aside from the premise of this set piece that, oh, we don't know which one it's in. And they went separate ways when they're like seven armed dudes who if they stopped their cars and turned around they could have just recaptured all these people um yeah it doesn't make any sense we don't know where these trucks are going because this is the border patrol and they also don't know that macgyver has taken over this vehicle that's following them. yes they were they were on the same team as the last people driving this car yeah so this is this is so just so you guys understand what what we're complaining about here this is the border this is the border patrol guys they have decided to stop patrolling the border and abandon it. Yeah, they just drove away with boxes that they haven't even gone through to see what they have. Yeah. Um, and then they're seeing a one of their own vehicles coming up behind them. And, and then they gas it to get away from him. Yeah. So they're all, oh, God, we're, we're being chased. Wait a minute. Wait, did we, we cross the border have... on accident? Oh, yeah. no. It's like, also, why would we run from guys who were behind us when we would just stop, pull out our guns, and shoot them? Like we did to capture them only moments ago yeah uh it so it's just creating this meaningless chase um macgyver they have to choose which vehicle because we mentioned that they split up that for yes. some reason again these two vehicles decide to go separate ways um macgyver rigs up a slingshot after breaking the windshield of the car yeah he kicks the windshield out and then ties a string from each the, of the, like the a-frame the, the yeah. frames of the window and yeah, he takes the tire iron and just pulls it back and launches it. And it pops the tire. Yeah. It literally hits the back left tire so hard that it pops and they lose control of the vehicle. Yeah. Uh, but the heart isn't there. And they're all, all, both of the people in the front seat are knocked unconscious by the mm -hmm. crash. So they, because, oh, we, we forgot to mention, before the car split up, they, they call Maddie and they're like, hey, Maddie, we need your help. And she's like, what is it? And they're like, we we had a heart and it's in one of these two identical vehicles. Which one is it in? And she's like, I don't know. Why are you asking me? And they're like, Oh yeah. Yeah, there's no point. I don't know why we called you. Um, I guess I can see how it's relevant in the sense that it, she's at least watching, especially when the car split up, so she can maintain pursuit on the other car visually. Yeah, I mean, even though there's only it one didn't on the road. make sense before they split up. It would make sense for them to say, Maddie these two cars split up we need you to follow one of them yes I while agree. we follow the other one but it never made sense for them to call and say which which uh car here has the heart in it she'd be like i don't i don't know how would i know that why would i why would i have any idea it, it was purely for the joke of her saying that's impossible for me to tell in, in a sassy way yeah 
Uh, Riley and Cage have gotten uh, Leon to a plastic surgery center. Um, that's their their fi- their fallback point. Yeah. Where they are going to await the heart. Uh, the beeline interferes again, where Bozer calls Riley while she's on mission yeah. with the nominee whose life is in danger to ask him how to how her how to hack a security system at Jack's apartment, uh, which she manages to tell like, her. Oh yeah, I looked at it, so I know the code. Yeah, well, she knows the override code for the brand because uh, she has override codes for every brand memorized. I guess. Um, so Bozer and Jill check out the apartment and, uh, based on the evidence, they, they conclude that it must've been the neighbor or the neighbor's son who had access to the apartment. Right. Cause, uh, there was, there was signs of a break-in, but they obviously went out the front door because the break-in was on a balcony door. And all they took was a TV and a painting mm-hmm. and a c- cigar box. Yeah. So, uh... That's only the bit we get so far from that beeline. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jack and MacGyver and Dr. Rosa reach the other vehicle and they do a pit maneuver on it. Again, the guys in the front vehicle are completely driving away. dead. Yeah. Well, they're well. First of all, they're they're still driving away and they're shooting now. Actually, shooting back at them. Yeah. Which is great. But why are they driving away? Just stop the car. Then you can aim yeah. at them. These people are unarmed. They literally launched a tire iron at you guys yeah. earlier. You know they don't have weapons. But the pit maneuver, uh, yeah, kill, kills the guys in the car and knocks them out. Um, but now the heart is is in... Uh, it's dying. It, it's dying. It got, it got injured in the crash. Somehow it's down to like... 30 beats a minute Yeah, something like that. The heart rate is going down and, and it's slowing down as, as they speak. So they need to hook it up to... Either some kind of a pump. Yeah. Or some kind of a blood source. Now, I'm not totally certain how you transplant a heart. But I'm fairly certain that you probably don't have it pumping blood. I think they just keep it shocked. They yeah. Just, they just have electrodes they on it. They keep electrodes on it to keep it to keep it beating. But it doesn't need to pump I don't, I don't know. Maybe it does. I it, I don't know. It, but, All I know about heart transplants I learned from a clip I saw on YouTube from the finale of One Tree Hill. Okay. Have you seen this? No. There's a guy that's waiting for a heart transplant. I'm going to put this on the show notes. I've been really lazy about the show notes this season. I'm going to put this in the show notes because it's that stupid. This guy is sitting uh, in the waiting room waiting for his heart to get there. And... Uh, do you see this guy come running down the hall carrying this like little cooler? It's like just a styrofoam cooler and he trips and falls and the heart like rolls across the floor. And then a dog just walks over and (laughs) eats it and walks away. And no one tries to stop the dog. And everyone in the waiting room is just looking at the guy who was waiting for the heart Mm -hmm. and looking back at the dog that just ate the heart and just going, Oh no. Like it's this real serious dramatic moment, but it's like, this is the cheesiest, stupidest yeah. thing that's ever been on television. Well, because that, that was also something that happened in Rat Race. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably where they got the idea. They didn't even realize it. This is a brilliant movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's a mad, 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 mad movie. Uh, yeah, well, you, 
I, I get what they were trying to do, but you, yeah. you can't. The problem is that that mad, 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 mad movie had like a lot of huge name celebrities in mm-hmm. it, and this one was like. Brecken Meyer and yeah. Seth Green. And Everybody's favorite. Don't get me wrong. I love Brecken Meyer and I love Seth Green, but they're not they're Milton Burrow and Jack Benny and 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 uh, what's her face? Don Knotts. Don oh, Don Knotts. Phil Silvers. Uh, Jonathan Winters. Jonathan Winters. He's great in that. Uh, yeah, Mickey Rooney. Every everybody who's anybody is in it's a mad 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 world. Even old radio stars yeah. are in it. So. It was like that episode of MacGyver with all the guest stars. Yeah. Yeah, Harry's Will. That's yeah, a good episode. That is a good one. I had to look up, uh, what's his name? Rich Little just the other day. Because I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> um, I, you know when I found, I found a picture? It was a, it was a picture of Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, Milton Berle, and Rich Little all together. Oh, that's cool. And I was like, oh, that's it's a... probably some Vegas show. Yeah, it was a, it was a really neat picture. Yeah. Because no one knows who Milton Berle is anymore, and that's everybody very knows sad. who Milton Berle is. I don't think so. Oh, man, I'm gonna ask your I'm gonna ask your daughter tomorrow. Ask, ask her who Milton Berle is. She'll tell you. Uh, he and and someone named Bradley invented a bunch of board games. That's right. Wait, it's not Milton. It's not Milt and Bradley. <laughs> no, Milton Bradley. Right. Milton Berle. Bradley, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Bradley Cooper. Everybody knows this. <laughs> I thought anyway. I thought the implication that you were saying was it was built and Bradley. No, no. I'm saying it's a combination of the two names. Okay. Not not someone's name, Milton no, Bradley. It's like Mason Dixon. <laughs> Mason the line Dixon? Yeah. From Rocky Balboa? <laughs> Is that really a thing? Yeah. They had a character named Mason Dixon. Yeah, man, they called him Mason the Lion Dixon. Man, I have not seen a single Rocky movie. <laughs> you haven't seen any of them? No. Oh, man, you should at least see a couple. Nah. Okay, <laughs> where were we? Um, uh, so, okay, the heart's dying. And again, we don't know how, how these heart transplants transport, but apparently hooking it up to Jack somehow keeps it beating. His blood type is universal O negative. Universal donor, so no matter what the blood type of the heart, his blood would be compatible. So they're using his heart as a pump to keep fresh blood running through the heart. Right. Even though the By heart literally, should be pumping. Yeah, the heart should be pumping. <laughs> I, I don't understand it what's happening. Make any sense. Um you know I thought they were I thought they were gonna do the windshield wiper trick again. Yeah, that'd have been great. <laughs> That was the best thing I've ever seen. Just on use television. a fuel injector or something. There's all sorts of options it could have gone with. I, 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 but the point was that they're using Jack as a as uh, yeah, a part of this like MacGyverism. He's a what do they call it? Um, An ingredient? No, it's a life support system. Sure. He 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 is a life support system for the heart. So for some reason he's just losing his blood to this thing. Like yeah. the heart is just eating his blood. I, I guess it's just pumping it out of him. Yeah. <laughs> It's just spurting out into his lap while they're driving to the hospital. Well, they did put a Mac. You think on maybe him. you could complete the circuit here? Maybe put some of this back into my body. <laughs> just squirting all over the car. That's why they throw the poncho on him. Yeah, that's it's why. Like, this is gonna keep it more contained. Here, I'm gonna put this poncho on you so I don't throw up while we're driving. Because <laughs> that's gross. I don't even like hearing the sound. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because like uh, it just keeps sucking in all this air, so it's kind of like a. 
<laughs> with each pump. Oh god. So yeah, so they they have the heart now, and they get Jack to the plastic surgery place. Right, but now new thing happens. Power, Power out. goes out because somehow this guy knows that they're planning on doing the transplant, and he thought if he shut down electricity for the entire country, mm-hmm. that they wouldn't be able to do it in the dark, even though it's midday. Yeah. Let's do it outside. And the lights appear to be on in this room. Yeah. I'm sure that there's a room in this hospital that has windows. Right. Where you could perform the surgery. Oh, also, we forgot to mention that not only was the border patrol vehicle destroyed in the pit maneuver, but so was their vehicle. So the only way they could get back to the hospital was on a little like a, Vespa. A, yeah, basically a Vespa um, that she found. Yeah. Uh, so and then when they take off down the road, they the camera pans over to this dead eight year old on the side of the road <laughs> that she murdered to get the bike. Uh, meanwhile, we also get the beeline of Bozer and Jill confronting the neighbor's kid, who immediately confesses. Yeah, because Bozer walks up and says, "Hey, so we got you on camera. Um, admit to the crime." And he's like, "Okay, I did it. Ha! There was no camera." Yeah. And that, that's pretty much the end of the scene. And then he's like, okay. Here's the stuff. And then they go to they go to the kids. Is is it this same scene? They go to the kids' yeah, yeah. room. And his and kids' they're, they're, It's like full of like stuff that an eight-year-old would buy with his allowance. Yeah, and it's like stuff an eight-year-old in the 90s would buy. Like yeah. a traffic signal. A traffic light and like, like um, whatchamacallits? Nunchucks. Nunchucks. Yeah, like foamed, <laughs> just foamed like, nunchucks. Why, why is this in here? I don't understand. And you stole these? What loser did you steal all this stuff from? <laughs> Is this all from Jack's apartment? Did, did you rob Napoleon from Napoleon Dynamite? Yeah. I need to get you that case out of there. Where'd you get this painting of a liger? Bread for his magical properties. Uh, but then they're like, what were you going to do? Sell this stuff? And then somehow they come to the conclusion that his intention was never to sell it, but yeah. just to show it to his friends to prove that he stole from the guy downstairs. Yeah. That's it. And, oh, he also doesn't want his mom to find out. Because she works two jobs. And this would be upsetting to her. It's like, yeah, it would be upsetting that your son is a thief. Yeah, maybe don't do that. Yeah. But Bozer says he's got a plan for him. And I hope the plan was to send him to jail. I have an idea. Nine, (laughs) one, one. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It reminds me of that. There was an episode of the Norm MacDonald show where... He's got this dog, and people are like complaining that his dog doesn't know how to do any tricks. And he, and they're talking to him about like, oh, you ever, you ever see that dog on TV that could dial nine one one? And he's like, that's stupid. Why would you need a dog to do that? And then at the end of the episode, he's like having a heart attack, <laughs> and you see the dog like brings him the phone. And he's like, I, I can't, I can't. And he's like, and then the dog like goes and pushes the buttons with his nose, and you're just like, beep, beep, boop. And then Norm's like, you idiot, that's nine nine one. <laughs> but like corresponds to the tone so it just made me laugh so hard because it's like wait does beep the wrong way if he's dialing 911 <laughs> uh, it's a funny show Norm catch it on Wednesdays somewhere in the mid 90s <laughs> uh, in order to help with the lighting problem which isn't a problem but they're making it a problem Yeah. MacGyver has to build a generator out of the motorcycle which apparently has six alternators because uh, I thought he was taking alternators out of like equipment. Oh, was he? Okay. In the in the hospital, but either way, it's it's weird the way he sets it up. 
and he also pumps the exhaust into the building. (laughs) He tries to make it okay by putting it into the ventilation system, but the ventilation system isn't running. Yeah, because the power is out. It's just staying in there. It's it's the equivalent of of putting it into a chimney with the flue closed. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, so, but they, they get the lights and, uh, MacGyver has enough time while the president elect is dying to give Dr. Rosa a 20 minute pep talk. It's like, get in there and get that guy a goddamn heart. Yeah. What are you doing? But Uh, he also, um, he asked for a piece of paper to write down the speech that he was going to give when he won the election. Which was really more of like a haiku. (laughs) Yeah. It was like a friggin' tweet. (laughs) Because the character limit just got up to 280, um, this definitely would have fit in a tweet. But yeah, so he's he's under and he's getting ready for surgery, and the woman they've been calling Nurse Ratchet tries to interrupt. Yeah. And then Riley reads the two sentences yeah. that the guy wrote down, and somehow she's just like moved to tears. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we cut to hours later. It says on the screen, Jack is back up and about, and. Uh, he and MacGyver have a little talk. Meanwhile, uh, Zarate is declaring his victory on television. Yeah, he says, where's my opponent? He's yeah. probably dead or whatever. And then they... uh, What's interesting is that they did all this in Spanish. And I don't know if it was our the version of the file we were watching that didn't have subtitles. Yeah. Or because it didn't have subtitles. Yeah. But uh, I speak enough Spanish to know most of what he was saying. Yeah. Um, but then Riley patches in uh, Hector Leon... Uh, so he can give his speech live. Uh, and uh, apparently that was enough because we, d- we don't see Zarate or the reaction from the public or anything. It's just right. him giving the speech and we immediately cut back to L.A. And we don't even, we don't even see the rest of the people. It's just Bozer and Jack. Yeah. Uh, so we don't know like – Yeah, Jack's walking into his apartment and it seems like everything is back in order. Yeah. And uh, he thanks Bozer for getting all his stuff back. Yeah, and the TV like, is on, which is which is showing news of the whole conversation between yeah. these two political opponents. But uh, you know, he's really appreciative of Bozer. He gets a little, Bozer he gets a little choked up. Jack actually gets choked up a lot in this episode, and yeah. it, it's actually he, George Eads is like, "I'm trying not to cry." Talking, it's yeah. pretty spot on. Yeah, like it, it was it was upsetting. That I felt, I felt like he was trying not to cry, and I was like, yeah. "Oh man, I hate that." Yeah, I hate that feeling. Um, so yeah, he did he did a good job, and so he does he gets a little bit more of that emotional stuff in the end of this too. Yeah. And then we, to cover for the kid, when oh. Jack says, "Oh, where'd you find the stuff?" He says, uh, "We didn't figure out who did it. We just went to a pawn shop down yeah. the street and we found all your stuff." Um, Jack looks at his dog tags, and I thought for sure. When he opens the cigar box, that it wasn't going to be about the dog tags. It was going to be about something, something else. Something else underneath. Yeah. Um, like he had like Rams tickets or something like that. Um, <laughs> that would be really funny. He uh, just pulls out like a joint. He's like, oh, God. It's still here. And uh, But when we see the dog tags, we see that it says Jack Dalton. Yeah. Uh, so his named after his father. Which we knew already because yeah. it was on the tombstone yeah, when yeah. he's talking to him earlier. Um. But again, both dog tags are there. Yep. Uh, so he didn't die in battle. <laughs> or he did and no one knew who he was. Yeah. So he's in some mass grave somewhere. <laughs> no, we know where he's buried. Uh, that doesn't make sense. None of that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the ending of this episode, I don't know why. Yeah, Bozer takes the kid. 
and gets that him he a just job. covered for and gets him a job at Killer Burgers, which is where Bozer was working at the beginning of last season. Yeah. Hooray, I guess, that, that you got this. Hey, this kid's good. great. Just don't leave any stuff out. Yeah. Because he will steal it. Yeah. To impress his friends. But, like, the the impression I'm getting from this kid every time Bozer says something to him is that he's, like, laughing way too hard at everything Bozer says. And it's like, yeah. oh, whatever I have to do to convince you not to tell my parents that or I stole the stuff. Police. Thank, oh, wow. That's so funny. Thanks for this job opportunity. And then he's just going to be sitting there in the interview, like halfway through the interview. So where do you see yourself in five years? I don't know. Is that guy that brought me here gone? Okay, yeah, I'm going to go. Here. <laughs> Bye. I'm stealing your deep fryer on the way out. <laughs> you going to finish this burger? What? <laughs> you going to eat that stapler? <laughs> I thought for sure. I made a joke, and I got. I was hope. I was hoping that it was just going to be a joke, of when Bozer's with the kid thief outside. He's like. Welcome to the Phoenix Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We pulled a few strings, and uh, we need a child thief. We need a Zoomer on the team. Yeah, because they can get into where a little, you know, they can get into small spaces. It's good for thieving. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, little Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy 2 reference there for you. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. He's still a good three or four years from joining the team yeah he needs to be rise up to the level of almost managing the restaurant and then they'll be like hey by the way did you know that your roommate lied to you and that he's actually a secret agent now you can join the team yeah and they'll be like you mean my mom <laughs> but uh yeah so that's this episode um yeah i don't know it i don't get what was going on and so i i don't really don't even know what to say because i just don't care um i don't get the stuff about the heart why it needed to be hooked up, hooked up to jack maybe someone can explain uh i think that it, it, they I, thought it didn't matter i, I think but it does look, we have to be able to understand it a little yeah, bit yeah this episode suffers from what i was complaining about last week's episode in that it, it suffers from too many plots yeah it's like it gets there's, cluttered. There's political turmoil. It's like, oh, and there's a military coup. Oh, and he needs a heart. Oh. It's like, just just have a military coup. Or just a heart. Or just that he... Yeah, like, that... that have a whole episode about getting a heart to someone. Yeah, that's fine. Keep it simple. That, that could be a lot of stuff that can go wrong with that. And you can still have the hook it up to Jack as a last resort when things go wrong. Yeah. Like, they need to get the heart to him, but, like, the border, you know, the, the import or export laws of that country don't don't allow it, and they have yeah. to do stuff, you know, I don't know. But when, you, when you're trying to make too many high-stakes things, and then you also have this bull beeline that I don't care about with Bozer. Nobody does, because, and we forgot to mention this, but before they end up going back to Los Angeles, um, Jack admits to MacGyver... You know what I've been thinking about it, and I don't care about the dog tags because that wasn't what was important. What was important is my the memory of my father and that he's yeah. here in my heart. And uh, and so at that point you're just like, okay, well then Bozer should have just stayed and watched the masks dry because who gives a crap about exactly. any of the stuff? Nobody does. If Jack doesn't care, and you guys thought he cared more than anyone, then nobody cares about this stuff. See, nobody cares. Nice hat. You're trying to be a secret agent. 
Yeah, so I, I, I certainly, it, I just, I was bored. Yeah. I, I, was, I was not invested in this episode. Also, um, when he's trying to explain away all the weapons, Jack says that they're all replicants. Yeah. <laughs> instead of saying they're replicants, which made me laugh because that seems like something Jack would say. Right. Like he just watches Blade Runner too often. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's about it for this one. Um, if you guys have any thoughts on this episode you'd like to share with us, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week. We're going to be covering Season 2, Episode 8, Packing Peanuts and Fire. Those are two things that I feel go great together. I have a feeling that's a napalm recipe, right? Yeah. Well, Packing Peanuts, yeah. Because they're typically styrofoam. Mm-hmm. And styrofoam and gasoline. Yeah, it makes a gel. It's basically napalm. Yeah. God, um, I used to make that stuff. Don't do, don't do that, kids. Don't do it, kids. It makes a mess, and but you're going to have a problem. it smells great in the morning, according to Robert Duvall. Mm-hmm. Um, it smells like victory. That's right. Yeah. Victory napalm. Octopus now. Redux. Just Redux. Just the Redux. The original. Original. Okay. I don't, I don't know if I've ever actually seen the original cut. I feel like I've only seen the Redux mm. with all the, the French stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.